And this morning, I just want to present to you uh, an explanation of what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. I'm going to be speaking on the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is ironic that many people today, of any day of the year they would go to church, they would come to church on a day like today, on Easter Sunday. But because of our our unique circumstances, we're not able to do that. They're not able to go. So, most people are not going to be able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ this year. But what is unique is, is that if people were able to come to church and were able to sit under the teaching and preaching of a minister, most Americans would not hear the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They wouldn't hear that Jesus rose from the dead as it's been understood for many, many years. I say that in part. In 2006, there was a survey taken And only 36% said yes to the question of whether they believed in the resurrection of a person in a physical body after death. Only 36%. Another person reported, most Americans don't believe they will experience a resurrection of their bodies when they die, putting them at odds with a core teaching of Christianity. Now, that's not only true in general when we talk about the United States. That's also true on a local level. This past week, I wrote an article for the Easter edition of the paper. And in that edition of the paper, there were eight articles written by ministers. And I couldn't find another article that gave a presentation of the gospel and almost no significant reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, it's scarcely the fact that people actually go to church, but even of those who would go to church on Easter Sunday, most people are not going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ at church, in church. It's no wonder that most Americans believe that they won't be raised from the dead after they die. They don't believe that. Because they haven't heard it. You can't believe what you don't know. It's my desire this morning to make a case for the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's very important that I mention the term body. That's in contrast to what most ministers today are preaching concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what I mean. People talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but what they mean by it is that Jesus lives on in that his spirit lives on. Perhaps you've heard at a funeral service someone make a statement like this. Well, they're going to continue to live on in spirit. It almost gives you the impression that once a person dies, he becomes a ghost and kind of hovers over all of us. They're still with us in spirit. Or some would say that Jesus Christ indeed has resurrected, he's still alive. You say, well, how? Well, he's still alive in our hearts. His memory lives on. 
So a minister presents the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the memory of one who lived an exemplary life of love. And that is the kind of life that you and I ought to emulate. So indeed, Jesus lives. He lives in our lives and in our memory. Yet those doctrines that Jesus lives on in spirit and in memories, that's not true resurrection. They're most often the cover for the fact that that minister actually doesn't believe in a true resurrection at all. He doesn't believe that someone dies and comes back to life. That's not scientific. There are many people who would claim to be gospel ministers who don't believe in the supernatural because it cannot be explained by science. So when they talk about the resurrection, they're talking about something completely different. What I want to consider this morning is, what was the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Was it simply that his spirit lives on, that his memory lives on? Or is it that the person of Jesus Christ died and came alive again in a real body? That's what I want us to consider this morning and see what the Bible teaches we know that the Bible teaches that Jesus did indeed have a body. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son of, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Galatians 4.4 says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Jesus did have a body, and He lived a perfect life. And he died for our sins. You say, oh, how do we know that Jesus died? We know he died because he was buried. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 say, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That he was buried. Well, yesterday when I was sitting with my family at the dinner table, I asked my kids, where was Jesus' body on this day, Saturday, about 2,000 years ago? And they responded, he was in the tomb. That's right, he was in the tomb. His body was in the tomb, the tomb that was sealed with a stone, a tomb that was guarded by soldiers. And they were only going to be there for three days because Jesus, he had said that he is the Son of God. He is the true Messiah. And he staked that claim on the fact that he would rise from the dead on the third day. So the soldiers had a three-day assignment to guard the tomb. Yet Sunday comes and the tomb is empty. All that's left there are the linen cloths. And the testimony of the angel is that he is not here. He is risen. Yet how do we know that Jesus has risen indeed? in contrast to some other explanation of his body not being in the tomb. And again, we're going to find the answer in 1 Corinthians 15. It says not only that he died and that he was buried, it says he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Then all, to all the apostles, last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared also to me, the Apostle Paul. 
You see, just as Jesus died, and we know that because he was buried, so we know that Jesus arose because he was seen. Just think about it for a moment. When you see your neighbor walking around the block, passing by your house, you assume that he's alive because you see him. And so it was when Jesus was seen by over 500, it showed that he indeed was alive, that he had risen in body after having been crucified and buried. So it is his appearances, his multiple appearances, that witness to the fact and reality of his resurrection. And I would like to go over those appearances this morning. The Bible records about ten appearances that were after the resurrection. You could add one more if you considered the Apostle Paul later on, uh, after the ascension. But there were five appearances on Resurrection Sunday. Those five were to Mary Magdalene, the other women, the Apostle Peter, and then we have the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and finally the ten disciples in the room, and that was without Thomas. And then a week later, we have the sixth appearance, and that was with the eleven disciples in the room, this time including Thomas. The final appearances were the seven disciples while they were fishing, then the disciples and the followers, probably that was when they had the 500 gathered, probably, uh, on the mountain. Also have a reference to Jesus appearing to James, Jesus' brother. And then finally to the disciples in Jerusalem, when he told them in Acts 1 to stay in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit was coming. And uh, they were to wait there. So, all of those appearances, all of them show us that indeed Jesus was seen, that he was alive, that he did have a body. He came to life in bodily form. But let's look through those ten appearances and let's see if there are any undeniable points that show us he indeed had a body. That it wasn't simply the spirit of Christ that they remembered, the memory of Christ, that somehow there was a ghost of Christ that they saw. What in the scriptures shows us unmistakably that he rose bodily from the dead. Well, first we consider Mary Magdalene who saw Jesus. She was the first to see Jesus. This is recorded for us in John chapter 20. She was there with him. He stood. He spoke to her. She assumed that he was a gardener. She assumed that he had such a capacity in his body and person that he could have carried someone. And then in time, she came to recognize him. And when she understood who he was, she clung to him because Jesus had to say to her, stop clinging to me. But that very point that is given to us in John chapter 20 shows us that he had a body because he was able to be touched. And you cannot touch a ghost or a memory. The second appearance was to the other women. This is Matthew 28. And this is where the women met Jesus. They fell down before him and worshipped him. And the scripture says that they took hold of his feet. So they were able to recognize who he was, and they identified physical features of him. He had feet. Ghosts don't have those. 
Go on to the third. This is the Apostle Peter who saw Jesus. We don't have any recollection of this encounter other than that it happened, according to the Apostle Paul in Acts, or 1 Corinthians 15, and as reported by the two disciples in Luke 24, 34. Because it was two disciples on the road to Emmaus who also met Jesus. That was the fourth appearance. Luke 24, Jesus is walking with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They spoke together. They walked together. They even later on broke bread together. Luke 24 says this, When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. So Jesus had a body that was recognizable. And it it was such a body that it could walk, it could talk, and it could manipulate the bread. Fifth and the last appearance on the resurrection day. This was to the ten disciples in the room when the door was shut. And this encounter is unique in that the, the physical features of Christ are highlighted in this encounter. John chapter 20, verse 20. When he had said this, He showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Consider what Luke said in his rendition of this account. Luke 24, 39. It says, Jesus speaking here, See my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. So with this appearance, we see that Jesus has physical features. There's the actual denial that he is simply a spirit because he has flesh and bones and he has the physical capacity to eat. Then a week later, we find the sixth appearance of Jesus Christ, this time to the 11 disciples, and it includes Thomas, the one who doubted. The one who said, unless I touch the place in his hands, his side, I, I won't believe. So Jesus appears and he says to Thomas, John 20, 27, put your finger here, see my hands, and put, your, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And here are details of the crucifixion that we didn't even know from the crucifixion accounts. Obviously, we knew that he would, must have been nailed to the cross, but now we actually find out it happened and that there were prints from that. And what's unique here is not only does he have the physical features of a human, but he has the unique features of the person of Jesus Christ. Not as if his body is something new and completely different from what was before, but he bears the marks of his crucifixion. He's recognizable. The seventh appearance was to the seven disciples who went fishing. Jesus was on the seashore of the Sea of Tiberias, and he encouraged them to throw the net on the other side, and they haul in the fish, and then he cooks breakfast for them. The Bible says that they still disbelieved with joy. It 
says that, have you anything to eat? It says they gave him a piece of boiled fish and he took and ate it before them. It's unique about this fact of Jesus eating that the Apostle Peter later brings this up. In Acts chapter 10, which I read before, it said that God raised him on the third day and made him appear. Not to all people, but to us who have been chosen by God to be his witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. You see, you can't be a ghost and eat. You have to have a body if you're going to eat. And the last three appearances that we have, we have record that they occurred, that the disciples heard him, that they spoke to him. But in those occurrences, we don't have any uh, additional references that Jesus saw them and spoke with them on the mountain, that he spoke with his brother James, that he, he spoke with his disciples before he returned to heaven. So as we look at all this information, what we find is that the Bible does clearly teach that Jesus rose from the dead bodily. He was seen by hundreds of people. Many people spoke to him. They ate with him. They saw his physical features. They were even able to touch him. And that is abundant proof that Jesus had a body after his resurrection from the dead. It was visible. You could see it. It wasn't an aberration or some kind of ghost. It was a visible body. It was physical. It was, you could touch it. It was functional. It worked. He ate. It was local in that it was in a place. It wasn't everywhere just spread out. It was localized. He was there. He was there in the room. He was there by the Sea of Tiberias. It was a body that was identifiable. It was Jesus. It was his body. It was his prince. It was a body that had senses that he was able to speak. He could touch. A body that worked just like yours and mine. It was a body that was a human body, not some other creature, not an angel. It was a human body. But it was a glorious body. Say, why is it so important to believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ refers to the fact that Jesus died and he arose. And when he arose and returned to life, he had a body. Why not just believe that Jesus lives on in our hearts or he lives on in his spirit? He lives on in our memories. He lives on in our good deeds we try to do in emulating him. Indeed, God deserves, Jesus deserves to be in our heart. He deserves to direct all of our actions. But the truth is, he's alive. And his life today, he is God and man today. He has a body today. And his bodily resurrection is the hope of all believers in Christ Jesus that they will one day be raised bodily. You see, if he's not raised bodily, if he's just living on in memory, what more could we hope for? There would be no hope for us. There would be no life after death. Our hope rests in the fact that Christ arose from the dead bodily. Consider what Paul said in Philippians 3 and in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul writes, 
Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, he'll transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. He has a body. And one day, we will be like Him. 1 Corinthians 15, 49. Just as we have been born of the image of the man of dust, in the image of Adam, who is made from the ground, just as we have been born from the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. The Son of God who came to earth, took on human flesh, died for our sins, was raised. That We would have the hope of the forgiveness of sins and the future bodily resurrection of ourselves just as He was raised from the dead. So we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not just the continued memory of a good person of years gone by. Not just some kind of, you can succeed and and you can overcome during this Easter season. No, not that at all. What we find is that Jesus Christ conquered death in the grave. The grave could not hold Him. He is alive. He has a body. He continues to live and be alive. And He is our hope that one day He will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body. That is our hope as believers in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know Jesus Christ. I don't know if this is the first time you've heard about Jesus Christ or not. But I encourage you during this Easter season, Jesus is one that you need to know and take seriously. Jesus is so kind and so good. He loves us. He died in our place for our sins. So we could have the forgiveness of all of our sin. God the Father put His wrath towards our sins upon Him. He poured it out on Jesus. So that he could be just in one day saying to those who believe, you are just and right. Not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. He bore the penalty for your sin. He lived a perfect life that he gives to you freely. The Bible says that all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what I call you to do if you have not yet done so today, this Easter. You need to look at Jesus Christ as not just a good person, but the one who died in your place so you could have the forgiveness of sins. Call upon Him, because all who call upon Him will be saved. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed Easter. And as you gather with your family to worship today, may it be a great celebration as you remember the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He had a body. Pray with your family. Sing with them. Sing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Praise the Lord. Alleluia.